everyone. Welcome to The Grit. We are in our first episode. We are so pumped. This is a women's sports show. We discuss topics with sports guests who are just that incredible women in sports. We have Venla Hovi here, straight from Finland, if you can believe that. We have an unbelievable, amazing guest today. I'm Digit Murphy. I'm a women's advocate and longtime NCAA ice hockey coach at Brown. I'm also the co-founder of United Women's Sports, where we started our journey of having women's sports conversation back in 2015, even though I've been having the conversation my whole life in my head and with other people. Um, I've also been the head coach of the two-time Clarkson Cup winning Boston Blades, and I recently was out in Asia, believe it or not, coaching the Chinese national team where we implemented the sports ambassador model in preparation for the 2022 Olympics. So I know that's a lot about me, but if you ever want to hear more, find me. I'm all over the internet. I'm at Digit Murphy, Insta, Twitter, digitmurphy.com. You can find me. So let's get started. Uh, we have with us Venla Hovi. She is a three-time, count them, three-time Olympian, the first Finnish player to win the Clarkson Cup and made history as part of Finland's first ever women's world championship silver medal team. Should have won gold. We'll talk about that later. She is currently the assistant coach of the University of Manitoba's Bisons, an on-ice instructor for the Jets hockey development, and, of course, how I know her, a United Women's Sports sports ambassador. I've only known Benla for a short time, but since we started this journey for what we're doing right now, which is the Aurora Games Festival, we have been working tireless together to build her Aurora Games team. She is the team captain. She will be working at the Aurora Games, playing hockey in a professional sports environment, which, by the way, tickets for the Aurora Game are on sale now at auroragamesfestival.com slash tickets. Enter promo code hockey. Because you listen to The Grit, you will get a 15% discount. So that's a long intro. Venla, you're the bomb. We're so pumped to have you here. What's going on, kid? <laughs> Thank you. Happy to be here as well. Um, yeah, I just traveled yesterday for almost 40 hours to get home. My 18-hour trip ended up a little bit longer, so I'm happy right now on holidays back in Finland at my cottage. Nice. Well, uh, we... You know, we, we want to go back in time, okay, for a little bit. Uh, and I want to know, what was that conversation like growing up when you said, hey, mom and dad, mom and mom, dad and dad, you know, we're an all-inclusive environment here. Uh, what did your parents say? How did you have that conversation? Uh, I actually ended up getting figure skates when I was two years old for Christmas and I tried them once and my older brother who is three years older than me, he was playing hockey and I skated once with my figure skates and I threw them away and I asked for hockey skates and my parents never stopped me from playing. So I, I basically was able to do what I wanted, but obviously there was not many other little girls playing in Finland at the time yet. So I ended up playing with boys. Wow. You know, that's interesting, you know, because I think a lot of uh, girls, when they start out, you know, doing things, it's really important that parents, you know, don't judge, right? I mean, from a gender lens perspective, right? Because when you do that, you kind of right from the get go say, you can't do this. So congratulations to your parents. Um, we're, we're in, <laughs> what part of Finland are you from? Tampere? 
Tampere, yeah. Tampere, sorry, I have to say it Finnish style. So uh, <laughs> tell, us, tell us about that journey. Like, you know, you just, you, okay, so you start, you take off your figure skates, you start putting on your hockey skates, now what? Yeah, I I love the speed of the game. I played multiple other sports and soccer was also in snowboarding kind of on the side there. And uh, I think the speed of the game just stole my heart. <laughs> and I just, I love playing. I played for hours every day and, and I was very little when I decided that I want to play in the Olympics one day. And that was the goal that I worked for every day since then, basically. And, and they had an Olympic team, you know, that was, you know, that's pretty cool, right? Because obviously I'm old, you know, there was no Olympics, women couldn't even play. I thought I was going to be, you know, Phil Esposito and Bobby Orr because I didn't have a Venla, you know, to look up to. So who were your role models growing up uh, on the uh, Finnish national team? Well, growing up, I didn't know any female players. I didn't know a single one. So on besides of wanting to go to the Olympics, I also wanted to play in the NHL, which I was never really corrected till I was way older than just a little girl. So that was also my other goal because I obviously didn't know any be- better. And uh, my idols were Saku Koivu and Teemu Selänne from the, the Finnish men's hockey team. Say those, say those words again. It cracks me up the way you say them. Say it again. Saku Koivu. Yes. And Teemu Selänne. You would say Timo Sulani or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's funny because uh, you're bringing me back to China when we had uh, Nora Ratu and uh, uh, Sara Niemi and uh, Anina Rayahuta. And that's how they, and, and also Santi, our goalie coach. So they were all Finns yeah. and I used to just crack up at the accent. It was fun. It was fun. Lots of fun. <laughs> so, so what was your support system like growing up? Like, you know, like who supported you on your quest for uh, Olympic, your Olympic dream? Uh, I don't know if it's kind of sad to say, but I was a lot on my own, to be honest. I I played with the boys and, and always had to kind of prove my way through and, and show everyone that I was good enough to do that. And there's obviously a lot of questions surrounding me. Why are you playing and why aren't you doing something else? So in a way, I was a lot on my own. Uh, I remember my grandma actually being a very strong personality and telling some of the other other parents or yeah. other grandparents off and telling that she's she's allowed to play and, and she's doing fine and, and kind of like that. But I never really worried about it, to be honest. I, I just enjoyed playing and, and I knew that that I was doing fine with the boys. And But it was, it was obviously always a little bit of a battle, for sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's, it's, it's what a lot I think of people face now, right? It's like whenever you're out there being a trailblazer, a pioneer, doing something differently, it's lonely, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's also what, what drove you as someone that really wanted to do that? Like what drove you? Because this podcast is about grit, right? This yeah. is, you know, people are telling you no, you've got the grit, you've got the desire, you've got the hunger. What drove you? I think, to be honest, I've always kind of, chosen my own path no matter what the decisions were and always chosen like made my own decisions instead of listening other people tell me what I should do and I think that has been the best decision ever uh, kind of paving my own path and I think this is one of the reasons too why I want to be part of this and 
be one of those strong role models to especially younger girls that want to play and and are questioning themselves. Yeah, talk about that a little more because part of, you know, everything that for me personally I've always been about is, you know, how do I provide the pathway and the drive so that the Venlas can do it and now how do you provide that for the next generation? Like what are the kind of things that you give as a kind of advice to these kids like you know like what kind of things can you impart on them wisdom uh I think for younger girls and and them playing and if they're questioning I the first thing I would say is not listen to other people because they don't know you uh they don't know where you can go and and the only person that's going to know you the best is yourself so I think that's one one thing uh concentrate on the things that you enjoy doing no matter what they are and put everything into them and uh yeah i think for myself right now coaching and and seeing a lot of a lot of girls grow up and and obviously in a little bit different world thank god than when i was growing up but always trying to encourage them to just do what they want to do and and not pay attention to other people as hard as it is but uh that's what you have to do yeah i think you're i think you're right it, it is hard and especially you know i i congratulate you because you said you know it was a little lonely didn't have a support system but you had that perseverance that desire that olympic kind of drive so congratulations for that um thank you you're welcome um so let's let's spin this a little differently now and let's uh go to a different memory lane um at the collegiate level Okay, you spent a season at Niagara. Now, was that the year that they uh, dropped the program? No, that happened a couple of years after when I left Niagara. I don't remember the year exactly, but I think it was two, three years after. Okay, and then you went to the University of Manitoba, right? And you know, well, you- I, I came back home for a couple of years, and and then I went to Winnipeg to play at the University of Manitoba, and and yeah, I was definitely way older than a lot of other other kids that go to university to play but it was my opportunity and I wanted to explore it so decided to go there and and we're there so let's talk about that let's talk about the resources that you experienced at those programs so you had Niagara which was division one NCAA you went back to Finland and then you came to Canada so you kind of have three perspectives on what kind of resources are available for for women in college? So can you talk about those three things? Yeah, I think the change has been huge because back when I went to Niagara and I always knew in high school that I wanted to go play in the NCAA and there was really not a lot of scouting going on at the point. So um, there was really nobody reaching out to me, to be honest. So I just thought I need to find a school and I need to contact them and I had lived in Canada one year in high school. I took an exchange year and I kind of wanted to be near where I live near Toronto. And, and yeah, and then I honestly just found out about Niagara University and the program seemed uh, really suitable for myself and the school as well. And then I just contacted the coach. Uh, I emailed her and sent some really poor quality video that I could put together back from <laughs> whatever year that was and just sent that in and we started the conversation and I remember her chatting with our national team coach and and there I was on my way to Niagara in about I don't know six seven months after the conversation so and then did you go to the Olympics after that 
Uh, yes, I did. 2010. Well, I mean, you were driving, like, even at that young age, right? You're still advocating for yourself. Like, how does that happen? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just same that I I mentioned before, kind of that drive that I had right from when I was little and, and working towards my goals. And I never really expected anyone to do do those things for myself. As I see right now, players wanting to go to university and they're all expecting because there's so many scouts right now that someone's just going to contact me. But I still try and tell them, you know what, you might still be missed. There's so many players out there right now. Just grab the phone and call them, send them an email, send them videos that everybody needs to be active to find the best option for them. Right. And Instead of just sitting, sitting back and waiting around. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like when you're, you know, as a player, right? Like as a coach, I'm always like thinking, how does this relate to, to the game, right? If you sit back, right, on the forecheck, like some of you, you some of you uh, European teams do, which I hate, like you're going to, you know, you got to go get that puck, right? Just like you got to go seize your moment. So, you know, I hope that people listening to this are inspired to do that, but also, people, these resources need to be readily available. Like what kind of, like, where did you find these resources? Did you just like start Googling stuff? <laughs> That's what I did. I, I honestly had no one. Like, I don't remember a person that I thought about that would have helped me. I didn't know anything about how the NCAA worked. I didn't know anything about the schools. I just went online and tried to look for things. And I don't remember having really anyone there to offer their advice or somebody helping me so uh, yeah it's obviously gotten a lot better from from that time well you you certainly are honestly just hearing your story you're an inspiration to me I know you're an inspiration to a lot of young girls not only and in women you know for that matter because I think women in general need to be advocating for themselves a little more but uh, you're awesome so let's now let's now go a little bit more fast forward to um, let's do the Clarkson cup first, because I think that happened before the Olympics. So, uh, no, actually let's go to the Olympics because the Olympics happened first, right. Then the Clarkson yeah. cup. So, so now you play in the Olympic, uh, not the, sorry, not the Olympics, the, uh, world championships, right. Recently. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. So you guys somehow managed to get into the gold medal game. Can you talk about you just the lead up to the gold medal game and uh, just a little bit of the series and how you got there? Yeah, uh, going into the tournament, obviously, I personally knew and our whole team knew that we probably have the best team we've ever had in the history of Finnish women's hockey. And, and we've been working extra, extra hard, I would say, especially starting from uh, Sochi Olympics when we we lost in the in the quarterfinals and ended up playing in the for the fifth spot there. And I feel like that's what started kind of our build up uh, ahead. And we've only gotten better every year. And and obviously, it's always been a dream for myself playing for so long that we could make it to the gold medal game. And and for myself, ending my career at that tournament, making it there at home was obviously very emotional and and super fun (laughs) yeah I remember going through all those emotions and kind of even at the tournament looking back in my career all those tournaments I've had and then yeah just trying to really enjoy every second there 
it was it was super fun. So so you so you get to that gold medal game in the World Championships, okay? Last mm-hmm. you know last season, uh, and you 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 you're here, right? You guys are primed, and here's the thing, and this is what I heard in your voice, like. And this is about what this podcast is about. It's about grit. It's about falling down. It's about failure. And it's about persevering through adversity, right? Mm-hmm. So now you guys build this, what you think is the one of the best teams Finland's ever had. And Ben, Benla, how many people are in Finland? I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot, but how many people are in Finland? Uh, about 5 million. Yeah, 5 million. A teeny company versus, you know, the U.S. and, you know, in Canada, two of the powerhouses. And... You know, you're talking 100,000 women at least are playing in the U.S. and Canada combined. How many people play in Finland? Uh, I would say about 5,000. Women. Okay, 5,000. So out of those 5,000, you've assembled a team of, you know, 20 some, some odd players. And maybe in your whole feeder system, there's 30 players. And now you're on the world stage, right, against, you know, it's David and Goliath, right? You got this this big monster that you want to slay which is the u.s and guess what you guys do it you you're in overtime you score the game winner but oh wait video replay everyone's celebrating gold yeah just kidding team usa wins on a technicality or whatever happens i don't know like you guys lose on a technicality now they go back to playing and they end up scoring Talk about that moment. Yeah, obviously <laughs> the very highest of the emotions going back to pretty low in a couple of minutes. Um, but at the same time, as people think it was like a shock that it wasn't a goal at the same time, we kind of maintained that mentality in the moment where we heard that it might not be a goal, that okay, if it's not a goal, we're going to put our helmets back on and go score another goal. So um it was dramatic, but at the same time, like not as dramatic as people think. Cause at the same time you have to be able to go back and play if it's not a goal. I'll tell you, it was, I mean, and that's a total competitor's game day face answer. I love it. I was, I was emotional. I was <laughs> for <off>. sure. <laughs> I'm still mad about it because, you know, and I've told you this on the phone. I'm going to say it on our podcast. One of the problems with women's sports being in its infancy is some of the rules that they have around it. And some, in my opinion, the best officials should be on the ice, regardless of uh, what country is in the finals. And it's my understanding that uh, you cannot have an official from the countries that are actually playing in that game. So, you know, I think at some level, we've got to trust that the best officials will do what's right no matter what, you know, country they come from. So I'd like to see us get a little more of a handle on uh, the, you know, updating the rules for women's sports. The best people should be officiating and playing the game. So that's just my take on it. Yes, I totally agree with you. I really have not much to add to that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now, so now, you, you got the, and I, you, I already told you what I thought about. You guys should have those gold medals still around your neck. Like Team USA should just give them to you. Like, that's my point. Um, but anyways, uh, now we move over to the Clarkson Cup because you fly home from uh, no, Pyeongchang. No, Clarkson, Clarkson Cup was, it was Pyeongchang Olympics, and then it was Clarkson Cup, and then it was Worlds. 
Okay, are you going sorry. backwards right now? Let's go backwards. So now okay. you win you win the Claxon Cup. Uh damn, I'm so mad I had that backwards, but you know, it must be me getting old. Um so, <laughs> so you're in the Clarkson Cup, you're playing for the Inferno, by the way, with some of my favorite people. Okay, you know, you got Zoe <laughs> You got Zoe and Tori, you got a bunch of uh, Cornellians, okay? Uh, big red alma mater. Uh, you guys are stacked. Um, you head into the Clarkson Cup. It must have been crazy to actually experience that. You know, you're the only only Finnish player or whatever. You've paid the way, you know, for this. Like, what was going through your head? What What did you think about that? Um. Honestly, the the year before this was also kind of a dream come true in a way. I, there was I got an Olympic medal in Pyeongchang, and then with the Bisons we won the national championship. So then on the way to Clarkson Cup, I was like, I knew that I won't play many games anymore because I knew that's my last uh, last season I'm playing. And on the way there, I just thought about you know again enjoying it, having having tons of fun and. And also just really wanted to win that bad. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, lots of emotions and was really excited. And, yeah, I didn't really think about things that I am the first finish or anything like that. I just I just wanted to win so bad. So And obviously thought about how, how lucky I am to get to experience that at the end of my career. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're un- unreal. You know, I learn more and more about you every time I, I have a conversation with you you're awesome. You're really a role model for these young kids. And I I really hope that we can elevate your platform. But you just said something to me that really spoke to me because I don't know if you watched um, Megan Rapinoe on the Rachel Maddow show last night, but, um, but, but, and you know who Megan Rapinoe is? She's like the soccer player. I mean, I know you're a hockey person, but I'm hoping that you know who that is. Okay. (laughs) I do know. So, So what you just said though, reminded me of how humble these world-class athletes are. So Rachel Maddow says to uh, Megan Rapinoe, she says, so is it true that, you know, you're one of the first players to ever start in, you know, three world cups in a row or whatever. It was like this, like stat, just like I, you know, just said, I didn't know you just said, I didn't know it was the first Finnish national player. And Rapinoe goes, Oh really? Was that a thing? Like she doesn't even know. Right. Which is amazing you know, that you guys don't even know that because you're not focused on yourself, which is why you're champions. But we got a clip right now of how now Megan Rapinoe is going to hopefully elevate the conversation. And I want you to hear this and I want to get your uh, kind of thoughts on it. I kind of want to stop just talking about things and like, how do we put things in action? How do we help? What do we do? What's the best way to get people mobilized, whether that's in voting or just getting people more educated and um, more plugged into what's happening, you know, in our politics and, and in our lives. So, you know, she's she's talking about how sports, you know, relates to life. Mm-hmm. And have you thought about that? You know, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's a that's a huge question. But 100 percent sports is tied into life, uh, politics, uh, almost every aspect of life. And I think it's it's a reflection in a certain way of of life how things work for sure yeah and you know like you think about you know the whole pay equality thing that you know she championed right mm-hmm. um and one of the things that she said was you know what we already know that we already know that we should get paid you know the same yeah but how now do we take that into action we don't want to make this this contentious 
fighting every day? How do we collaborate? How do we work together? So, you know, is there like one thing that you think that we could do to make things less difficult uh, as women? Any any thoughts? And if the answer is you don't know, you haven't thought about it, that's cool too. No, I've thought about things like this for many years <laughs> and a lot, and there's obviously almost way too much on my mind uh, as things are more complicated than I feel like they should be. But uh, before going into paying, I think uh, it to me, it blows my mind that um, there's no women's or there's no equality in showing women's sports before even the money comes into the picture where um, a lot of people don't know some things even exist. And I think that is the very sad part where we don't actually give the opportunity for these amazing players to actually um, show other people what they can do. And that way, actually, you know, people are always impressed when they see these things. And I know the women's soccer tournament was every single game was on TV in Finland and everyone's talking about it. And a lot of people watched it, watched it and they loved it. And same, same went on with our uh, tournament with our world. So I think it is definitely now time um, to start showing female sports. Yeah. hundred, hundred percent. You know, you bring up the media and you bring up the coverage and, you know, it's all, it's that chicken and egg thing, right? If you don't, you know, and I always say, if a tree falls in the woods and it, and no one hears it, did it really make a sound? So, you know, we're out there, we're doing what we do, but if the media don't cover it, if, you know, there's no one seeing it, there's no, nothing being written on it. I agree a thousand percent, which leads us into the Aurora games, right? Which is one of the, the platforms of women's empowerment that you're going to be playing in in August, the Aurora Games Festival is in August. Uh, it starts with a kickoff event on August nineteenth. But our games, which I will be coaching against you, will be on. Uh, <laughs> our game will be on uh, August twenty third, right in Albany at the Times Union Center. Um, so you know this is the first of its kind. We're, I'm pumped, you know, to to have you be part of this festival. This is. Uh, Jerry Solomon and I are friends and uh, he's running this whole event. It's, it's basketball, it's hockey, it's figure skating, it's tennis, it's gymnastics all in one venue. Um, and really it's women's sports descend on Albany in August. So, you know, what is it, what does it feel like to be playing in this, the, the first, it's kind of, you're, it's another first, you're one of the first fans to play in this. How does it feel and how can the Aurora games, uh, you know, make this happen in what we're talking about? Uh, to be honest, it's really hard to express how excited I am. Uh, I've tried to tell all the other players that are going to play on my team and the other team as well that this is something super cool. Uh, we get to be the first players to play and at the same time meeting all these new people, meeting all these other female players that you've played against on a world stage before for your own country and now getting to play together. I think this is just overall so great i'm i'm very excited and and very lucky again to be part of it oh you're so good and so cute let's get a little let's get a little gritty now though i got a question for you okay you know, we talked a little bit about you know how the media can can help and you know we're all happy that we're all singing kubaya and playing together but 
you know, let's talk about some of the things that minimize our skill, right? Out in the out in the real world, like how the media or the people in general judge the way you look or you dress, or the other thing is how they minimize our skill as athletes and call us girls. And honestly, they've taught us to call each other girls. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they, instead of saying they they earn, you know, their birth, you know, they just, they say clinch it. So, you know, there's things that I think our words are really important in, in the media and how they perceive us. Like talk a little bit about that. Like, let's talk about some tough topics that can really make a difference. How do you feel about that? Uh, I think my number one thing that I notice a lot with media and people is this is what I don't get is I totally get it if someone's um, opinion is that they don't like us or they don't want us to do this or that, whatever. But if I felt that way of someone else without really even knowing them or, or knowing that much of what they do, I don't, I would never have the guts to go out there in social media and say something bad about them. If somebody wants to, uh, I'm just going to pick an example, horseback riding, nothing wrong with horseback riding. I also love that. But if I was to hate it and didn't enjoy watching it, would I go out there and post it on my Twitter to say that, oh, this horseback riding yeah. is something I, I don't like at all. So uh, I think those comments should be automatically removed. I don't think anybody should have, uh, anybody should do that where they try and bring uh, other people down on social media. Do you, do you think it's changing, um, the visual of a woman athlete when you look at someone like Megan Rapino? uh, you know, she's got the short hair, it's pink, like she's, you know, she's beautiful in her own right, but now they're actually publicizing that. Have you seen it change? Because if, if you actually look at the media numbers since title nine, the actual coverage has gone down because you can't sexualize it anymore. Do you think that's changing? Mm, I, I really hope that is changing because that is, that is very sad to hear, but uh, yeah, I think the problem has definitely for a long time been that uh, certain sports, the more I would say feminine ones, I don't even know how to determine them, but uh, get more media time and only basically based on the physical looks of athletes and and so on but I don't know I just love the stories of you know strong female athletes who are just themselves and they do what they love and uh I don't know it's very sad to hear that that determines what uh reporters choose to write about or what shows in the media yeah is is it you know I'm I'm curious to know is it like that in Finland uh, for sure. I think it has been, but I also think it has gotten a lot better. And, uh, I think the effort, I'm just going to bring up our national team as an example, but especially now having the worlds at home and getting all those people to watch and actually see the skill. They're not anymore concentrated on the looks of the people, which is ridiculous, but that's just how it's been. And I really hope that finally it's it's changing a little bit do you think that it changes when women watch women or do you think that doesn't make a difference like with men watch women they you know i mean is there some kind of gender differentiation with the fan 
I think there's a little difference. Obviously, it depends on the person, so I don't want to make any generalizations of this is how it works. But uh, yeah, I think there are some some differences. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, you know, you don't have Title IX over in Finland. Do you think that if you did have it, uh, more women would be playing sports, or do you think that's irrelevant? I think it is not irrelevant at all. <laughs> I think it would be great to have that for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree a thousand percent. I mean, I think that that's why women's sports has come such a long way in our country. And I think we've even, as being part of North America, has just kind of driven Canada numbers up too. So, you know, I think it's proximity to us is like, oh, well, we want that too. So I think uh, there needs to be a global Title IX initiative, but maybe we can have Megan Rapino start that. But I'll tell you, Venla, uh, I wish we had more time. I mean, we've been going a long time, but I, you're, I want to have you back on the show. But um, before we go, are there any projects that you'd like to share? Like where can our listeners find you, social media? What do you got? Uh, I would say I love my Twitter. And that's where I'm most active. I would, uh, yeah, venla.hovi on Twitter. Uh, follow me there. And also the Jets hockey development that I just started working with. Uh, we'll start to work more once I get back to Winnipeg from Finland in August. Uh, follow Bell MTS Iceplex on Twitter and Instagram. You can find some of the stuff we do there on the ice. So I'm really excited about that as well. So uh, it's venla, V-E-N-L-A dot H-O-V-I. Is that it? Yes. Uh, on Twitter, venla.hovi. And on Instagram, vhoves. V-H-O-V-S. Perfect. So uh, remember, you can watch Venla at the Aurora Games Festival. You Tickets are on sale now at auroragamesfestival.com backslash tickets and enter the promo code hockey at checkout for 15% off. So uh, we are pumped. We are happy. We are gritty. We are psyched that you're on the Grit Podcast, Benla. So you've been an awesome guest. Thank you so much. Go out and get dirty, get gritty. Yeah.